Miles, you mean to tell me that we could have turned our Twitter account into a cartoon show by now? We're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and this week we are talking about one of my very favorite things in the world right now star trek lower decks because it's my birthday challenge it's not even really a challenge because i already know miles and i are completely caught up on the show i just really <laughs> want an excuse to talk about it before season three comes out in nine days eight you days. know i gotta i gotta say and hello this is miles um i was a little surprised when you announced that this is what you wanted to do because typically our birthday is a chance for one of us to force the other person to uh experience something that they likely hadn't done yet or that something it's something that, that one of us is a huge, huge fan of. I mean, we've done the Gundam trilogy. We've watched the iconic 90s classic Surf Ninjas. We've watched, you know, a lot of fun, wild stuff. I and mean, we, we did, what, both Robocops one year? Yeah. Both Predators one year? Like, I, mean, we've, we've, <laughs> I love that you we've, say both Robocops and both Predators as if there weren't other movies in those franchises. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, yeah, because Prey's out and Prey's amazing. Prey is really um, good. Go watch Prey. <laughs> Yes, uh, on Hulu. Um, so I was surprised because we've we've not been a stranger to this show on this show. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I think we dedicated an episode to the first season shortly after the first season came out. And obviously, I think it's gotten a few Mori Awards over the years. Um, but this show, Star Trek Lower Decks, is a show that feels very specifically written and created for me it is very much my sense of humor it 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 knows exactly how to talk about star trek and how to be a star trek show that is also a comedy but also still have the heart and meaning that goes behind what a star trek show should be and with season three coming out in like a week I just wanted to talk about it because I've been in a huge Star Trek mood. And to be quite honest, I had COVID a couple weeks ago, uh, which uh, which if you're listening to last week's episode, you'll know exactly when I had COVID. Um, and as part of that, as part of to make, to help myself feel better, I watched a lot of Star Trek on Paramount Plus. And part of what I watched was like basically all of my favorite episodes of lower decks, which is hard because there's only 20 episodes and I like all of them. So <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is, that's certainly a problem uh, with that show. It's, it's my only problem with that show because <laughs> there is something that it taps into. And we've, we've mentioned this before because, uh, you know, Drew and I are both big, big fans of Star Trek. And I mean, we've dedicated in t several episodes to the franchise. We've even had an episode that we, we pitched our own Star Trek series. So we, we, we are, we are, I'm, uh, got it somewhere. I have a Star Trek hat 
Uh, and, he, and he's wearing a, a Ritos. I'm wearing uh, a, a, a Cerritos, Ritos t-shirt. Um, Ritos strong. Cerritos um, strong, baby. I I gotta say, when this show was initially announced, I know both. I was obviously I'm, I'm me, uh, looking forward to it and and fairly positive about it. But there was a deep concern about the nature of what this show might be. In the same way that there was a deep concern amongst sci-fi fans in general about what the Orville was going to be when it was coming out. Yeah, so this is where I want to talk about some of the history of this show and some of the history of what I know of this show. When this show was announced, it was announced in uh, 2019, so almost a year before it actually started airing in 2020, which I can't believe this aired in 2020. 2020 feels like 14 years ago now. But uh, <sighs> I know. But uh, so CBS All Access at the time, now Paramount Plus, had announced that they were going to start doing new Star Trek series. And part of that was Star Trek Discovery, which uh, which is about to be in its fifth season already, I think, which is wild awesome but uh awesome 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 but they announced that they were going to do a comedy star trek animated series called star trek lower decks which to flash back 20 years before then is a direct reference to a star trek the next generation episode called lower decks which featured featured four ensigns uh, or I guess three ensigns and a bartender at <laughs> at Ten Forward, uh, hanging out together and basically doing their their more menial jobs, trying to get promoted, and and basically the opposite of what we would see in in a regular Star Trek TNG episode. And the TNG characters were still there; they were they were just sort of background characters in their own show. And it's a really really good episode, and it's really. Like mm -hmm. it's it, it's funny. It's also heartbreaking. Um, spoiler warning for a 20 year old TV episode. But uh, it, it, it it's something that a lot of people have wanted to see a show from that perspective for a long time. And when this got announced and announced that it was going to be an animated comedy. People were. Understandably a little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Upset. Look, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, like the other star franchise, longtime fans aren't known to react to change very well. Well, but, I mean, we can we can we can objectively say that. Sure. <laughs> so, but this is where we have to take a look back. And this is what a lot of fans of this show learned before the show came out uh, that that. um really affected positively the impact of this show. So we're going to go back in time almost 10 years before this uh, to, to like 2010, 2011, 2012. There was a Twitter account called TNG season eight. It was a parody Twitter account of fake pl plot ideas for a, fict a fictitious eighth season of Star Trek, the next generation. Um, little things like the Enterprise fills with water. Riker must swim through increasingly flooded Jeffries tubes to reach the valve. Data learns to snap. Or Picard must broker peace between the lizard men and their delicious enemies, the cricket people. Wesley still sleeps in that rainbow turtleneck. 
<laughs> the Enterprise must escape a temporal bubble before a nearby sun goes Nova. And Data and Jordy follow some train tracks to see a dead body. <laughs> just that the, basically the Twitter account was just these fake posts about a about a, a, a fake season of the show that were just humorous and, and, and things like that. What we learned is that the person behind that Twitter account is a guy named Mike McMahon. Mike McMahon is a comedy writer, a television writer. Um, he wrote that Twitter account and as of about 2018, compiled a lot of those tweets into a long form series guide for Star Trek TNG season eight. Uh, and and that is and that actually got sold and produced as that book was coming out. Um, well, I should also mention another thing Mike Newman worked on was being the head writer of a little show called Rick and Morty. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people that I know and, and myself included when I just first heard it, the concern was that it was going to be Rick and Morty Star Trek edition. And look, I enjoy Rick and Morty. It's been for me a little bit of diminishing returns uh, with each, each season. There's been some really great stuff. There's been some okay stuff and the fandom is, <laughs> um, but there was a concern that it, that comedy, a star, a star, uh, a comedic Star Trek show was going to spend more time Big Bang fearing it, making fun of Star Trek and not being what it is, which is a Star Trek comedy and, that and, both loves itself, but also has no problem poking fun at itself. And, and and this is where this show succeeds, because we have Mike McMahon and say what you will about Rick and Morty, whether you enjoy it or not. The one thing that that I, I, I do enjoy, it. Well, but I'm, I'm saying to the people out there that may not. The one thing that I will say about Rick and Morty is regardless of how you feel about it or not, it is an excellently written show. Whether the jokes land for you or whether it, it works for you or not. It's a it's a like so it has some of the best written episodes of a TV show I, I've 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 seen uh, the 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 one with the memory parasites is my favorite episode of that entire series. But you have that you have. So you have a good writer paired with someone who basically being the same person. You have that side of the coin and the other side of the coin is someone who is intimately familiar with star trek the next generation as a starting point who adores that show and has spent a lot of time making jokes about that show you put that together and 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 you basically have the luck of of mike mcmahon being friends with and having worked with one of the people in the production company that was behind, uh, that uh, Alex Kurtzman, who's kind of the overall Star Trek guy at at CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus, basically having a meeting like, hey, you want to pitch for a Star Trek cartoon? He's like, yes, I do. And <laughs> that's where we get Lower Decks. And, 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 and this is the thing about Lower Decks. And we're going to come back to this over and over and over again. The best part about Lower Decks for me is that this staff, this writing staff knows not just how to make fun of Star Trek, but what to what to pick on. 
it 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 hits the things that us as diehard Star Trek fans love. Little references like uh, just I, I I meant to make a list of all of my favorite Easter eggs in this, uh, uh, but oh gosh, I'm, so I, many. It, it's so many, and it's so many that I have missed some. In, including some very very obvious ones uh, that I will talk about in just a few minutes, but uh, but the, the that's only part of the writing. Obviously, is part of it. We do need to talk about the cast. Oh, Miles, the cast. This cast is not only it's not just the cast in terms of the actors. It's the cast in terms of the characters. The main cast of this show is in contention for my favorite cast of the franchise. <laughs> I I, th- I think all of the Lower Decks characters are wonderful. Beckett Mariner is a character that I have so much respect for that, like, I well, I did a Star Trek draft, and my number one was Beckett Mariner, <laughs> who was going to be the foil to Catherine Janeway, because I think that duo would just be insane. <laughs> um, I think Brad Boimler is the perfect, like not straight man because he's just as messed up but like i just i think that he he, jack quit is a phenomenal job as boimler you have devon attendee who another one of my favorite characters who is amazingly portrayed by noel wells and then uh rutherford who is i think the antithesis of a character like data and in that and that they don't try to repeat that or and even though they'll they'll do things that are based off data stories and uh eugene cordero it does such a good job kind of mimicking what some people have done with androids but also because he plays this kind of happy-go-lucky version of that character he, he delivers something completely unique and that's what's so cool is like each one of these characters somehow shadows an archetype or trope of the star trek franchise in some way at least in their dna but they turn these things into such phenomenal characters that like feel tailor-made to this cast yes so you have you have Beckett Mariner as sort of the clearly has some history that even going into season three, we don't fully know she has been promoted and demoted and is now serving on her mother's ship, the USS Cerritos, which, which I, I, I hoping against hope because they've said there's going to be a crossover with strange new worlds that even includes live action. I hope Tawny Newsome plays Beckett character Beckett Mariner live action because i want Uh, to see that character (laughs) from from what i have heard of them speaking about yes and yes and yes boimler played by jack quaid will have purple hair i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait i can't i can't wait i mean so so, sort of a side note i wish we we did video because both drew and i are just talking about this show are all smiles like it's just <laughs> such a joy to talk about <laughs> this may only be a 22 minute episode so that i can go and start watching lower decks again because i love the show so much but this is the other the other side of things and i and i'm gonna talk a little bit about about the cast themselves and what i have seen in interviews with them because i know that I'll, that some of this cast has are, are were not star trek fans before working on the show. Jack Quaid as Brad Boimler was not a Star Trek fan before working on the show. 
But uh, so Jack Quaid, son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid, like and, and the second you know that this dude just look, you is like, oh, yeah, this is Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's kid. A hundred percent is uh, he he you you may know him as Huey on the boys on Amazon. He was in a Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games movie, apparently. <sighs> Um, in the most recent scream uh he uh, uh uh he but he's having a heck of a career right now dude is working yeah. hard uh and and he plays this character the he's- character of of brad boimler who is this sort of nerdy like rule following like obsessed with every little bit of minutiae <laughs> about being a starfleet officer but jack quaid wasn't a star trek fan when he st- when he started this However, I have seen him be interviewed and this dude is putting in the research and you can tell because he'll he'll highlight specific things from episodes of TNG that he has watched in order to prepare for for these moments in the show. And I love that. I love he also that showed about the Comic-Con this. in his uniform and a purple wig. And that was pretty amazing. Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh, Tawny Newsome, on the other hand, is a Star Trek fan. She is a huge fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And one thing we know about season three of Lower Decks is that the Cerritos will be going to Deep Space Nine. We we also know about Mariner that she served on Deep Space Nine at some point. And apparently there is a plot point. Spoiler warning for ourselves. There is a plot point that uh, Mariner didn't want to go to Deep Space Nine because she was bored of it and didn't or, or something. For some reason, she just wanted to stay on the Cerritos. but. Tawny Newsome, loving Deep Space Nine so much, <laughs> uh, convinced Mike McMahon and the writing staff to change the episode to give Mariner an excuse to go to Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, I, I couldn't blame her. I, I love Deep Space Nine. It's a tremendous show. And and um, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a big Star Trek apologist in a lot of ways because, you know, I'm a massive fan of Picard, I'm a massive fan of Discovery. Of course, I love what I've seen so far. I haven't finished Strange New Worlds. Like I just the only show that I've never been able to get 100 percent behind is Enterprise. And even that show. And I and you can hear me talk about it on our friends uh, podcast, uh, the Computer Resume podcast. If it wasn't a Star Trek show, because the beginning of the show does certain things that just don't sit well with me, that I think on its own merit, it's a cool little space show. But as a Star Trek show, it doesn't work for me. And that's where I leave it. I don't, I don't overtly hate it. I just it's not for me. And that's fine. I know that it's found its fans over the last two decades. So uh, a, a couple more. Uh, I agree. Uh, a couple more uh, cast members that I want to talk about. Uh, one so the first officer on the ship who is is sort of a side character jack ransom commander jack ransom which is just (laughs) such a great name uh he is voiced by jerry o'connell yes slider's own jerry o'connell um and it's just so funny to to me uh because you know jerry o'connell's wife is Rebecca Romaine, who is one of the stars of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Their whole house is in Star Trek right now, which is just fantastic. Um, but there is one last uh, one last character that I want to talk about and an and actor on the show that I want to talk about. And that's Don Lewis, who plays the captain of the ship and Mariner's mm. mother, Captain Freeman. She's great. She's so, she's so good. She's fantastic. And I would I want everybody to go and watch her speaking about the show. 
and speaking about getting cast in the show. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure which Comic-Con it was from. It might've just been the most recent one. Um, and, 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 and I will say this is prior to the, the, the passing of Nichelle Nichols, which was just a couple of weeks ago is the time that we're recording this, mm. but to watch her talk about what it was like to be on the show and audition for the show, not knowing that she was auditioning for a Star Trek show that she just thought she was auditioning for a space cartoon. And when she got the role and was told that it was Star Trek, watching her tear up and break down in telling this story to people, it's like Star Trek means things to people, gang. It means things to people. (laughs) I mean, it really does. And I've, I've, I've shared this with some people. It's difficult for me, especially when I'm by myself to not already get like tears in my eyes when I'm watching Star Trek, because it represents something to me and, and any Star Trek. I mean, it's just any of it, but specifically, uh, one of the reasons I know the show is a success because it doesn't just work for Star Trek fans. Um, my girlfriend likes Star Trek, but she's like, hasn't watched every single series and every single episode and, and, and knows every single ship. Like, like someone like Drew and I do, but she watches this show and it works so well as a science fiction comedy that she doesn't need to know any of the references that the show makes. Cause there's a ton of, I mean, I don't see all of them. We just, we just talked about that, but you know, I'll laugh, I'll laugh at something and she'll, you know, want to pause it and ask, you know, what, what was funny if it's like some deep cut, but the show itself works so well as this wonderful, bright, colorful science fiction comedy that you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy it and yes is it better if you if you are of course but this show succeeds because it's not trying to just be some sort of niche star trek show it is trying to be the best science fiction comedy set in the star trek universe that it can be and that is why the show is so tremendous yes and uh, okay so from here i want to talk about favorite episodes I have an episode list called up. I hope you do. But Miles, I yeah. want you to point out not all of your favorite episodes, but just throw out a favorite episode. I'm trying to think. I, I definitely have a favorite cold open. <laughs> well, show me. Share the favorite cold open. I'd love to hear so it. It's, it's the one where, where um, <laughs> Beckett Mariner is showing. Uh, I, I think it's uh, Tendi around. It may not be Tendi. She's she's showing the new person around, and this energy creature pops on board, claiming to it's, be all powerful. It's Tendi. <laughs> that is in the first episode. <laughs> it's, it's first episode. Okay, I couldn't remember because I've, I've watched them all out of order so many times that like I just and that the whole because I don't want to spoil the whole bit, but that entire bit like immediately told me, oh, this show is 100 percent for me. <laughs> I, they keep the tri- they keep the tricorder with the purple stripe for several episodes after that. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of we'll always have Tom Paris. We'll always have Tom Paris is a great one. Um, I I so from the first episode from the first season, uh, there are many, many, many great episodes. There are only 10 and easily nine of them are some of the best stuff star trek's ever done but uh mm-hmm. episode nine crisis point is maybe 
is my favorite episode of season one. And I think was a turning point in the show for a lot of people, because as the show has been very much a comedy uh, to a certain point, crisis point is lower decks holodeck episode. The holodeck episodes were always silly and fun and dangerous and deadly (laughs) in Star Trek past. Uh, But this is the episode where Mariner is trying to uh, avoid therapy by making a fake movie in the lower deck on on the ship starring her (laughs) her castmates. And crewmates. Yeah, and I, I love that Tendi is com- is constantly annoyed that she's being cast as a, a pirate. So that so th- I, I want to talk I want to talk <laughs> about that, and then I want to talk about so so that's that's one thing I want to hang on to because uh, that's another fantastic thing that they do in in, in this show. So, but Crisis Point is funny and is loaded with specific references, not just to Star Trek, but to Star Trek movies in particular. They do a long shot of of the the of a little tiny shuttlecraft going around the Cerritos, much in the same way that of the 20 minute glamour shots of the Enterprise in the Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> Don't they make I can't miss this episode. I know it should have made the reference, but isn't it in this episode where they make a Captain Proton joke? I think so. Yes. Um, be, uh, beyond that, there is also just the the humor of <laughs> when that episode ends. It ends with the signatures coming on screen of all the characters, and that's how they ended Star Trek Six. <laughs> you've got, but, but beautifully, you've got the the fake Cerritos in the holodeck, and it looks mm-hmm. kind of like the Cerritos on the ship, except all of a sudden. It's slightly darker and it's widescreen. It's like it's filmed on a film camera versus a TV camera. They made a change to the animation style for those moments. It just works so well and then still has all of the character development that that Beckett goes through this entire time. Um, I mean, that and like it also shows that like, I mean, especially in in no small parts, they show that they can be like somewhat serious in some episodes, typically like at your midpoint or your finales, which like no small parts is. Uh, But they also are not afraid to like, yeah, this is an important moment, but we're also going to make this 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 goof up right here. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, But uh, you you talked about Tendi and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Tendi. I love Tendi. Tendi is fantastic. She is super positive. She is a uh, 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 she she's a a doctor in training. Um, She is very much like someone who lives in my house. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the thing about Tendi that to to understand about her is that she is Orion. And Orion, for folks that don't know, are the the green people uh, that you see uh, in in the very first pilot episode of Star Trek: The Cage. There was an Orion dancer, but Orions are known to be pirates, uh, and this is something that Tendi strongly dislikes. She does not like <laughs> she does not like that she is is uh described as as being a pirate and it's (laughs) it's although they do make jokes that she's only tried to get away from from that stereotype for a couple of years (laughs) which is which is well yeah there there is such a wonderful episode and it's it's a favorite of mine where like beckett and tendy have to team up and then 
to Beckett, seeing Tendi like kind of get into her pirate self, she thinks it's awesome. And so, every single time she has so, to break character, she's apologizing and she hates it so much. And so, it's so, it's so, so this this is this is the other half of the episode. We'll always have Tom Paris. Um, and and uh, so Correct. so this, so this episode, the whole the whole crux of this episode is that normally in this show of the four main characters uh mariner boimler tendy and rutherford mariner and boimler get paired up and tendy and rutherford get paired up but this is like oh let's do a girl's trip so it's mariner and tendy teaming up together and it's through this episode that is very funny they're going on a special mission that they 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 really talk about some stuff Mm-hmm. For one, they do end up going to a a a an Orion uh pirate colony to do some things. And Tendi is referred to <laughs> by a, a crazy a, a crazy name that I oh, where is it? I can't remember what it what it was, but it's like Winter Queen of the Night Sky or something yeah, like it's, that. It's something it's, like it's that. A wild, it's like, a wild and thing. of course, Beckett's like, "This is awesome." <laughs> and Beckett's like, "This is awesome," but Tendi doesn't like that. And and so, but they're trying to get something fixed, and they're going to meet Tendi's cousin, who is an Orion fixer. And uh, well, part of this, uh, well, I'll, I won't talk about that one. But uh, but so so when when they walk up to when they walk up to to the to the cousin. He says, oh, hey, Devana. To which Mariner replies, oh, Devana, what does that mean? To which Tindy says, that's my first name. You mean to tell me you don't know my first name? (laughs) We've been friends for a year. You don't know my (laughs) first name. And it's just it's it's one of those moments that 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 most other shows wouldn't wouldn't do this. They wouldn't, you know. The fact that that they highlight the fact that Mariner has, even though they're supposed to be super best friends, they don't really know anything about each other and and that and that they go on this trip. And and during a part of this trip, they are not pleased to be around each other. But as they come together, they learn about each other and and have a really, really good time as part of it uh, and, and, and sort of and become really closer friends after it. But it was that little moments like that that are just almost fourth wall breaking in a way i don't know if that it's not just highlighting something that like if you're a super nerd you're gonna find out that oh yeah uh uh you know has mariner ever heard tendy's first name on the show no apparently not which is just absolutely wild um Oh man, I could keep talking about this so much. I'll, I'll talk about a couple more. Um, I Excretus is a fantastic episode. Um, Miles, are you familiar with this one? I'm familiar with all of them, but well, sure. I Excretus, <laughs> I Excretus is the second season episode where a a character comes on to the ship to do. Uh, Oh, the holodeck training performance evaluations. Yeah, 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 yeah. And does yeah. a series of holodeck training simulations with all members of the cast that are based on <laughs> well-known Star Trek tropes. Rutherford, yeah. Rutherford uh 
uh, has to do the uh, the fixing the the warp core at the end of Star Trek Two to sacrifice himself, and Mariner has to do the has to do the uh, the old west town uh, made out of 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 flats. Like, like they're not buildings. They're just like flat facades on the front and you can see it. And it's just wonderful. That episode. Um, it's, it, it, I mean, honestly, it's really difficult to, to really talk about favorite episodes because I, I, I mean, I, I can't think of a weak one, even an episode where I'm like, Oh, it wasn't as good as last week's or, or maybe it's not the best of the bunch. That's, that's not saying anything. I mean, we're, we're talking about superlative material as is so something not being the best of the bunch of some of the best star trek writing ever is no insult like every episode of this show absolutely rules yes 100 percent. and they they take things that like have always been jokes or are or, or something like silly especially with the packlets is hilarious the fact that the big bads of this series are the packlets is wonderful <laughs> wonderful 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 uh definitely check out the <laughs> the spy humongous which is just a fantastic packlet episode um but and, and but there's just there's little little things too and and I mentioned at the start of this that this show feels like it was written for me. And part of it is that, you know, like literally season two air debuted on my birthday last year. Um, I and you can actually look at the records of this. You can go back through. There is a character that dies in the first season. Um, spoiler warning. Uh, but uh, so they need to replace that character with. With a new character. Uh, with 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 a new member of the staff and my my I tweeted to Mike McMahon it's like hey you know and obviously the show had already been written and recorded and was you know I don't I guess I was I wasn't out yet but it was a few months beforehand it would be really cool if this replacement character was a Temerian which the Temerians are the uh the uh Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra people the people that speak in metaphors it's one of the best episodes of uh episode darmok best at one of the best episodes of, of next generation it is an excellent episode yes and wouldn't you know it season two debuts with a tamarian in that role i know they had already had it done before i suggested it and put it in the world on twitter because obviously they would have had to the, the lines have probably already written and recorded and animated and whatnot but it's but it's just they're on a level that that speaks directly to me. Uh, I'm just glad everybody else <laughs> gets to have a good time with this show. Um, we are being promised more guest characters in season three. I am I'm hopeful that, uh, of some of the ones that we might get because we know we're going to Deep Space Nine at some point. Um, unfortunately, there are probably some that can't be guest stars on the show. Well, uh, like, yes, <laughs> there there are unfortunately some excellent people who are no longer with us. Um, and the the cool thing about this show, though, is like, yeah, I'm excited about possibly running into, you know, Bashir or Kira or even even 
some some kind of version of Avery Brooks. But it doesn't really matter. This this is a weird thing. It's like like it doesn't matter that they actually have characters here. Like Tom Paris does appear on the show. And I love that. I mean, it's one of my favorite episodes. But like even if this show didn't actively have characters from the franchise interacting with with it, making it some sort of canon, it wouldn't matter. Like that's how strong this char- this this show is. It's not like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna bring in. And this is no slight on either show in in this franchise. But we're gonna bring in Boba Fett. You know, it it doesn't matter in in a way that a lot of shows can't do that. Like if if no character from Star Trek appeared other than the statue of Miles O'Brien in the far future, <laughs> it would still be a rousing success. And I mean, of course, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with these, you know, little cameos. Heck, uh, known Star Trek actor. And some people might be surprised by using this name, but not Star Trek fans. Jeffrey Combs has already done a voice. Yes, he, he was a fantastic voice. In, uh, as a, and we'll likely an do another AI. one because he appear, he appears in like every Star Trek show. So he has to. And, and, it's and the law. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes as William Riker and in a f- super surprise cameo at the end of season one that the other side of this show that that is also wild is that this show is canon to the rest of Star Trek, which is like what uh but it is and it is the first on-screen appearance of the uss titan spoilers i guess you know i don't care it's been two years you've had time uh like that that's just that's just fan icing on the cake and it's like yes it's wonderful i love it so much but the, the the references and and the easter eggs and all of that it, just the love of the show goes even deeper and miles this is where i'm going to talk about the easter eggs that got away the ones that i did not notice until it had to be pointed out to me so i i'm gonna i'm gonna send you an image as soon as i call it up because it's (laughs) taking its sweet time all right so I'm going to send you this image right now, and I want okay. you to tell me what you see. Oh, gosh, that image is too big. Now i got to pick a different one. And this is such great radio, gang. It's such great radio. Love it so much. Um, well, while you're looking for that, time. I do, I do want to also talk about the, the thing I was most worried about in in this show was that it was going to try way too hard to do that kind of edgy humor and i mean edgy with like quotations and that it wasn't gonna be edgy but it was gonna be that kind of edge lordy kind of little rick and morty kind of stuff and it subverts that constantly it's definitely got some edgy humor to it it's got edgy humor but it's not you know what i'm talking about um all right i'm gonna blow this up because this thing is tiny um okay yeah i'm looking at the yeah this is the this is the season one poster with all the Mm -hmm. cast 
Stupid Discord. Gotta pay for better Discord. Sorry that you're gonna get these in the tiniest images possible. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard to <laughs> see anything. And what image yeah. is that, Miles? Start with the motion picture poster. Why don't you compare those two things? I mean, I, I, I always thought they looked similar. Yeah, I, 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 it, I never noticed. I never noticed the comparisons. Season one is a is a parody image of the Star Trek the motion picture poster. Season two is a parody of Star Trek, the wrath of cons poster. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's it. Season threes is the same way. It, 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 and I just, I can't wait to see what they do. I just can't believe I never noticed it. It's one of those things. that's like, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I just, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Um, especially with the second one, but I think about, by the time you got to the second one, you, you, you noticed it, but yeah, that was one of the first things I kind of noticed, but I'm also I really love the poster for Star Trek motion picture. I'm a really big fan of that, that artwork. Um, and I mean, obviously I clearly love the lower decks version. It's so good. <laughs> um, and I, I do love their take on, uh, the wrath of Khan and I, I cannot wait to see what they do with the, uh, the superior Star Trek sequel in season three <laughs> well with that said i know it's already out <laughs> yeah, with, with that said i because this is going to be a shorter episode gang i'm sorry i this is not, not not been our best work just because it's just been me gushing about something for 45 minutes and you know what deal with it uh because i love this show so very very much um and it's back in like a week and i cannot freaking wait um but next week, uh, let's talk about, well, next week, here we go. We are not going to be here next week. Miles has something he's got to do, a prior engagement. So we will be taking next week. On vacation. Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. Didn't want to. You can tell people I'm going on vacation. I don't care. I literally also didn't realize you were going on vacation. I just knew you were going to be gone. So. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking a vacation. You're treating it super serious, like there was something weird going on. Anyway, uh, so with that, said I was gonna be out of town. <laughs> doesn't matter. So with that said, next week we will not have a show, but the following week we will be returning to our animated spinoffs of video games. Oh, talking about the foot tapping, loop running speed boosting blue bombshell blue bombshell blue bomber what do they call him i think blue, they do call him the blue blur it's the blue something blue blue blur blue blue bomber is mega man yes okay that that's so we're going to be talking about sonic the hedgehog specifically the 1993 sonic the hedgehog cartoon I am calling out the year because, and we will talk about this next or two weeks from now. There were a couple of Sonic cartoons that aired the exact same time and are very, very different from each other. This, this is the cartoon that has uh, the large cast of characters uh, that, that is, is in the post-apocalyptic city. It is in, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's the second series 
uh, of Sonic the Hedgehog, not the first one that is more slapsticky, chili dogs, scratch and grounder, which is the one that I watched and thought Miles was talking about when he suggested this one, only to learn that that was the 1992 series versus the 1993 series because there are a lot of Sonic cartoons. So we're going to watch three episodes of that two weeks from now. Um, in the meantime, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us at the You can tweet to us at the more you nerd. You can go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd, and you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. Now, in the meantime, we're going to end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd. nerd. Ouch. Ouch.